This magnificent specimen, Mr. McMurphy, speaks. What did it just say? Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. You know what Nostradamus said about talking birds? No, I do not read Nostradamus. Mm. He foretold what sounds like science fiction today. He said, household pets finally communicate with man. Life then possible outside the planet. A new tyrant sows terror events to come. A world run by big data and predictive analytics doesn't care about Renaissance predictions. Mm. I want to know how Maya and Cavani are. It's not so much the predictions themselves that fascinate me. It's where they come from. Are they true? Is it possible that there is something all pervading around us which we are incapable of seeing that your data can't analyze, which only the prophets and birds can express? Welcome to the Plastic Things Podcast. And welcome to the Plastic Fangs Podcast. This is Rodney. And uh, today I'm going to talk about something where there's a lot of going on right now. It's a lot of it. Tons of it. I mean, shit, if there wasn't this thing, this topic, what would we have to talk about? Especially in the business of film, of cinema, the cinema Yes, yes, that's that's right. Uh, I'm I'm talking about controversy. Thanks, my good buddy Prince. All right, kind of uh, you know I've I've got a little bit of my Prince wear on right now. Actually, I got my puffy shirt and my uh, purple jacket. Uh, but uh, but first, at the top of the show, you heard Michael Shannon in the film Salt and Fire. Uh, as the year of the Michael Shannon continues here at the Plastic Fangs podcast, you know, it's hard to believe that we're over halfway through the year of the Michael Shannon. This year has gone on, you know, it's flown by because uh, when it's the year of the Michael Shannon, you're having fun and you're having a good time and time flies when you're having fun and time flies when it's the year of the Michael Shannon here at the plastic things podcast. Uh, in fact, um, before you know it, unfortunately the year of the Michael Shannon will be over, but, uh, you know, Michael Shannon will continue to go on forever. 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 Now, uh, in that clip, he was acting alongside Veronica, and I'm going to probably, uh, you know, uh, Ferez, probably going to butcher that name. Uh, she's a German actress uh, who has been acting since the 1990s. And uh, you may have actually seen her in the film The Comedian with Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel and Danny DeVito, along with a bunch of other people. Uh, that was a movie from 2016. Uh, of course, uh, now she's 58. 
So uh, probably way too old for Robert De Niro. Uh, and Al Pacino too, for that matter. Like 58, I mean, that's like that's like 30 years over uh, that limit for those guys. So, uh, ooh-ah. <laughs> ooh-ah, she's 58, ooh-ah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> Al Pacino, my, again, I don't do impressions, but Al Pacino, I did not mean for him to sound like Foghorn Leghorn just now. But, um... But uh, anyway, uh, Salt and Fire, directed by the legendary Werner Herzog. Uh, And uh, I actually just watched Werner Herzog as the bad guy. uh, His name is The Zek in Jack Reacher. And man, what a bad guy. You know, it's like, you know, uh, spoilers for those uh, who have not seen the 2012 uh, Tom Cruise film, Jack Reacher, but uh, the Zek is like the major bad guy and uh, he chewed his fingers off, which is is actually what uh, the boy seems to do, uh, especially on the long uh, rides in the car. Uh, just chew his finger off. I'm going to start calling the boy the Zek, I think. Uh, uh, him and the tall boy, Logan, they both have a, a penchant for just gnawing at their hands so uh so yeah but you know i did uh, and sometimes i still do depends on like you know if i'm nervous or if i'm bored or if you know i'm hungry so i mean i don't know the zach maybe had a good idea maybe those fingers tasted really good i mean you're <laughs> it, it's re- really weird to think about because i mean you're losing weight by losing a finger but i wonder how many calories are in that finger so so do you lose the weight of the finger, but then you're going to gain more because maybe your finger's full of like fat and stuff. And what about the bones too? Those can't like dissolve very well in the stomach. I wouldn't imagine, but I mean, again, you're losing the weight of the finger. I think it's a, it's, it's a, a pretty good deal. You know, I mean, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm gonna start an infomercial. You know, kind of like the uh, the what the five minute abs guy, right? You know, until they came along with four minute abs uh, or what have you. I'm I'm gonna uh, five minute fingers. You know, just uh, gnaw off your fingers, man. Hell, hey, I lost lost the uh, sixteen ounces or however. How much does a finger weigh? By the way, it's kind of hard to actually go ahead and weigh your finger. You know, you would need, because, I mean, you're going to put pressure on it, right? It's kind of like the whole thing with the uh, Ouija board, right? You know, it's like, I'm not moving. Well, yeah, you are. I swear, I'm not moving. It's the ghost. No, no, you're you're moving it. You don't realize you're moving it. But, you know, it's because it's the weight of the fingers. It's um, one of those uh, weird mysteries that can't be explained, right? It's like, you know, so try to weigh your fingers. You can't. You're going to put down pressure you know it's like go to the grocery store one of those hanging uh you know uh weights uh you know put just lay your hand in it don't put any pressure just kind of lay your hand in it and then i guess divide by five well no you got but then you've also got the middle of your hand too i'm not a scientist and and i don't know if i would be able to come up with that but uh, but I think I do know someone who can, uh, and that is the lovely and beautiful, <laughs> uh, 
uh, Shannon, who is here with me, um, do you have, help me out with this, babe? Sure, I'm here to, to give you your facts. Okay. Um, <laughs> according to Google, the average finger weighs approximately 100 grams, which, of course, as Americans, we don't know what that means, but it means three and a half ounces. Three and a half ounces. Yes. And what did I just say? Did I say six ounces? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like 12 ounces, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but so three ounces for a finger, three and a half. So you're going to lose three and a half ounces, but how much are you going to gain? That's what I want to know. If you eat your finger. How many calories? Yeah. How many calories are, can you Google that? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, by Googling it, I hope you're using the VPN because, uh, they're going to think we're cannibals. Yeah. For cannibals. Here's the caloric content of humans. (laughs) All right. There's an actual site that has that. That's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a long article. It's a long article. But do, does it have it broken down into a chart? Yeah, I just found the chart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it doesn't break it down by body part like that. Oh, okay. What's it break it down by? Well, torso and head. <laughs> <laughs> torso and head? Upper arms, forearms, thighs, calves, but not like... Not appendages. not appendages, not digits, yeah. not uh, what? All right, so just for grins, what's an arm? Upper arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to need to do some workouts. Um, seven thousand four hundred and fifty-one calories. Well, that's the upper arm, though, right? That's like the fattiest part. And it's plural, so maybe they mean both arms. Huh? Yeah, seven thousand. Wow, mm-hmm. that's the heart. 650 calories. 600. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's um, yeah, the, the heart is 650 calories. They have teeth on here, but I Ew. Don't think that would be teeth hard to swallow. Ew. Um, but only 36 calories. <laughs> only 36, only 36 cal. It's the new tooth diet coming to you. the plastic fangs pot, and it's appropriate for the plastic fangs. It's the tooth diet. Eat your tooth. And I'm guessing your teeth, you don't really uh, digest. digest. Yeah, I wouldn't think so because, I, well, I mean, it's like you hear about kids that lose their tooth and they swallow it, and uh, you know, one of my kids did that, but I never went looking. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would hope not. But uh, wow, any does it offer any more cannibal caloric facts? I mean, other, like, organs and stuff. Like the liver? Mm-hmm. Like, Over 2,500 calories. Man, how, how did Hannibal keep his figure, I wonder? Must have really spread the liver yeah. out over the course of Probably. Time, a few weeks or something. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Well, um, yeah, Plastic Fangs Podcast, the new uh, tooth diet coming out. <laughs> Uh, to a place near you but uh thank you honey for for filling in the facts there <laughs> that's what i'm here for <laughs> because i uh i just go on and just go in places and then you know and you know it, it, trying to google and stuff like that that would be kind of crazy but uh but warner herzog in jack reacher uh and uh the topic of course uh controversy uh, now it's uh, Jack Reacher itself is a topic that has been controversial in uh, in my household as of late. 
As of recently, uh, even though it's an old Mart argument that's fizzled out over time, but before I get into that, I want to talk about the fact that we just got back from vacation. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, Shannon, uh, the boy, uh, Lady Abigail, and tall boy, Logan, uh, we all, you know, got in our vehicles and headed up to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater for a screening of Airplane. Uh, you couldn't have asked for a better drive-in night at the Mahoning. The weather was absolutely perfect. Uh, it wasn't too hot. There weren't tons of people, uh, and it wasn't terribly crowded, which I know isn't good news for a business, right? You know, you kind of want, always want it to be crowded, but it's like on a Tuesday, beautiful night, a July 4th, it was, it was just, it was an amazing, uh, time. It was great to see, uh, Virgil and the gang and i want to go ahead and, and thank virgil uh for uh you know being so welcoming and it, as many times as i as i've been there it was just super exciting to you know have my family there you know the 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 place one of the places that i love the most on this planet and to be able to have them there and we all share the excitement uh, i know uh regan and abby bought some vinyl um, Regan, you know, of course got a poster, uh, from the cool store at the snack bar. Uh, I had hot dogs and they were amazing as always. So, uh, you know, lots of, uh, fun times. They had VHS fest actually that was getting ready to come up that weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, thank you, Virgil, uh, as always for making it such an amazing experience for us. Uh, and, and the, you know, of course the first timers, I'm an old pro now, you know, I'm not, you know, like, uh, Carl and Daryl pro, you know, I was kind of uh, watching them at trauma weekend on the socials. Uh, of course, Carl and, da um, Carl and Daryl have their top five podcasts. Go, uh, uh check them out. Those guys are, are pretty awesome. And I live vicariously through their pictures of them at the Mahoning and a blob fest and all, man, it's just July is an amazing month. Uh, I think next year I'm just going to try to take the entire month of July off and, you know, just go do everything. But, um, but as a thank you uh, to Virgil, I just want uh, to remind everybody that the Mahoning drive-in has a Patreon uh, with merch and they have lots of great events on the horizon. Uh, I wish I could go to every single one this year. Some of the ones that I would go to if I were able to and didn't have to like work for a living. Uh, there's Rebel Rebel Weekend. Uh, they're showing Legend of Billie Jean and Desperately Seeking Susan. Now that is a double. I mean, that's probably like right up there with the last action hero demolition man. I mean, desperately seeking Susan and the legend of Billy Jean, two movies that I watched on HBO all the time growing up. Uh, now, of course, the one I'm super jealous about is John waters weekend with special guest, John waters insane. I wish I uh, could be at that one. I love John waters, but uh, go out to uh, Mahoning and uh, you know what? You can suggest double features as well. Uh, in fact, I've uh, suggested a few. Uh, and uh, they've played like one or two movies uh, from that, but like at separate times, but not together. Uh, but 
you know, I know that they love the suggestions and they have the suggestion box, but you can also do it online. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to suggest one uh, to Virgil and the guys now. Um, not just, you know, a Warner Herzog double feature, but Warner Herzog weekend. And if you have him come out for that, I think that would be amazing. And I think you'd really get a niche audience out there because it would be absolutely crazy because you'd get to show Nosferatu the vampire and the grizzly man. And then you give him a mic and he will talk for the rest of the weekend because Warner Herzog will go out and say, you know, some absolute bonkers shit. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I, I came across something where he was talking about how stupid chickens were. So yeah. Uh, Huge fan of Warner Herzog, and I'd love to see Warner Herzog weekend out at the Moaning Drive-In Theater. I'm, I'm, I bet you that's the, I'm the only person to ever see, suggest that. Uh, but, uh, um, but as far as the vacation went, after the Mahoning, we went and hung out around Jim Thorpe and Allentown. We did some sightseeing, ate at White Castle, and that was fun. Um, the kids not loving the White Castle. Uh, which uh, I don't understand because I mean, it's top quality food, right? You know, it's, it's, it's gourmet. It's, mwah. it's delicious. Uh, and then of course, held it headed up to Scranton on the self-guided tour. Uh, you know, now the self-guided tour is mostly restaurants, right? You know, it's, uh, you have poor Richards, uh, Alfredo's with the good pizza, which actually wasn't, that great in my opinion other people may like it i sure didn't uh but um uh, then there was also the uh seafood restaurant what was the name of the seafood restaurant cooper's cooper's, cooper's seafood now that was a fun place they had a lot of nostalgic stuff uh in there that just wasn't all related to the office and they had a huge gift shop and you could walk around and uh stuff like that so uh cooper's was fun there was the dwight mural uh and all of that was uh some good good fun uh so after scranton went and visited some family and then uh for the night and then uh went down to Cumber cumberland maryland you know, cambridge maryland. it's not cumberland why was i calling it cumberland the entire time i don't know all the signs that came <laughs> <laughs> all right well um okay well we were in cambridge maryland uh and um we stayed at a house on the bay on the bay side and uh so, definitely got at that point had you know were able to do some uh some r and r some relaxation uh and uh i was kind of listening and reading on social media all of the hype about mission impossible dead reckoning uh part one which uh you know was opening up last weekend and uh you know i was like you know I, a lot of people have talked about how mission impossible uh fallout was really good because you know it's got superman is in it and you got Shaun of the dead and uh ving rames from dawn of, dawn of the dead. i almost said dong of the dead no uh from dawn of the dead uh remake ving rames uh of course uh those uh, mainstays on uh you know tom cruise's uh mission impossible crew his team uh but um but, you know, it, it was the whole thing about Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, et cetera, and, you know, all that stuff. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to watch it. You know, I pulled up, uh, you know, the uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and I dug it. 
you know, I really, I loved the first Mission Impossible. The second one, not so much. And then kind of lost, you know, track after that. And uh, I mean, I, I kind of watched and maybe half watched and, you know, gosh, about a year ago, I went through a, a, about the same time. I went through kind of watching those Mission Impossible movies and stuff like that. And, you know, just didn't really, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was on vacation. I was relaxed. You know, I was able to, you know, sit back and enjoy instead of thinking about the, you know, dread of work uh, coming back uh, in, you know, just a few short hours from when I got home and have to go back, you know, so it's tense and all that good stuff. But um, uh, but I really I, I did enjoy Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, I had heard good things about Dead Reckoning and it's Dead Reckoning part one, you know, because now movies, you know, you got to split them up into different parts because you're going to make more money that way. And we'll get to that in a second. But um, doing that, but by going and watching that, you know, it kind of sent me down the Tom Cruise rabbit hole. Uh, and so I decided to check out Color of Money. Uh, after that, because, uh, I, earlier this year, I had also started going back and watching Scorsese films, uh, and, um, you know, color of money was always those ones where I felt like the song, you know, I, I remember that, you know, growing up and everything. I remember my cousin going out and getting a pool cue, just like Vincent. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, I just, I remember the music from it which is you know appropriate for a scorsese film because all of his films have you know killer soundtracks and just you know the camera shots and the angles uh that he does um you know so i enjoyed you know watching color of money with uh it was um paul newman uh tom cruise and uh, uh mary elizabeth master antonio and pulled that out of my ass because uh, I could not say, say her name right once when uh, Shan and I were watching the flick. So, um, so kind of watched that. And then I was like, you know what, you know, uh, let's watch Jack Reacher. And um, now when I, when I talked to people recently about Tom Cruise, right. Uh, a lot of people have seen his films, but I hear a lot of, I don't really care for Tom Cruise and, you know, and I get it, you know, I don't really care for Mel Gibson, you know, I, I think maybe there's different reasons why people don't care for Tom Cruise and don't care for Mel Gibson or don't care for the Kardashians or, you know, there's just people you don't care for, for. you know, I mean, the Kardashians wouldn't be a thing if people didn't like them uh, by their makeup or, you know, follow their Instagrams and stuff like that, you know? We live in a world where, you know, people like movies like Skinamarink and those same people could hate the Blair Witch Project and vice versa. I mean, you know, now with social media, we can all share our opinions with each other. Uh, but I know personally what I hear a lot of is, you know, I don't really care for Tom Cruise. And, and I get it because of the Scientology thing, right? His weird past interviews, the uh, jumping on the couch uh, his marriages and breakups. But uh, I think really that whole uh, Scientology thing, you know, kind of 
it, it's that's the dark cloud, right? I mean, you know what he said about Brooke Shields, and granted, he apologized and and stuff like that. I mean, Tom Cruise is. Uh, I guess kind of a weird cat personally. I mean, but that's only from what we've seen in interviews. I know that if I were interviewed constantly, I, I know I'd be like a, a jackass, you know, and that also kind of goes into, you know, why a lot of famous people want to kind of shield their, their private life. Right. Because, you know, I don't know. Johnny Depp might pick his nose. Now, allegedly, I'm not saying I don't want Johnny Depp to sue me because I mean, he's got great lawyers. But uh, but let's say Johnny Depp picked his nose and ate it. You know, it's a flaw. Sure. I mean, people would get grossed out by it and stuff like that. But, you know, not watch his movies because of that or, you know, for other reasons. But, I mean, you know, obviously if Johnny Depp ate his boogers, he'd want to keep that private. I mean, shit, talking about private stuff, look at what happened with Jonah Hill and that whole thing. Now, I can kind of get why, you know, people would be upset, you know, people would look at something as controlling and stuff like that. And I'm sure, you know, reading it in text messages, you know, it's the, the, there's context, I think sometimes missing. And sometimes you don't get the entire story. Now, me personally, if I, you know, didn't want, uh, you know, Shannon to, you know, not shop at Amazon, you know, I knew, from from jump street from the day we met i knew <laughs> that amazon was, was her thing you know and and she was like you have no idea and i was like oh yeah i'm sure and she's like no you have no idea and now that we live together you're right i have no idea because when we came back for, from vacation uh, there was a, a, a freaking igloo made out of amazon deliveries um land lando uh, lady abigail's man uh stacked them up in an eagle formation and made a Ford out of them. And, uh, you know, that just shows, uh, Lando's a young at heart. I mean, he's young, but he's also young at heart where he'll make, uh, you know, forts and igloos out of Amazon delivery boxes. So way to go Lando. I applaud you for that. But I mean, it, it would be unnecessary of me to, you know, be, you know, six months in a relationship or, or how even no matter how long to be like, I knew this about you, but you need to change it if we're going to continue. Uh, now, I'm also all for communicating boundaries, right? You know, I mean, and I feel like a lot of that has to happen up front. A lot of those boundaries, when you enter into a relationship, they, they you know, I think the communication is important and things like that. And, you know, and sometimes you just, you, you can't, you, there's things that you can't change. You can't shape the world, you know, a hundred percent to your liking. Uh, that's why when it comes to love, I like to quote a, uh, a film uh, uh, called the girl next door. And, uh, and it's, it's, the, the quote that I like to use from that is the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, juice has got to be worth the squeeze, man. That's what happens in love. So anyway, that that's my soliloquy on, on love is quoting the girl next door, right? Which is a great movie with Emil Hirsch and it's, you know, tried to be risky business, but you know, but, uh, but my, speaking of love, 
my, my love is nearby. Was there something you wanted to add to that, sweetheart? Yeah, I did not know that quote was from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, it was, I, I, I've been using that line since we met, and you didn't realize? Oh, shit. Uh, I knew it was from something. Yes. I it was no, I thought before. you knew, you thought that I made I made it up on my own. No, I didn't, I didn't make it up. Oh. Okay. Um, also, I just have this boundary, and when she stopped doing the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you knew that the plastic fangs was here before. <laughs> now, I will tell you what: I will stop doing the the plastic fangs podcast with scantily clad women all around me. I will stop that. <laughs> oh, this must be the much older episode. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. By. Uh, uh, you know, by scantily clad women, I meant Daisy. She's literally naked. She's literally naked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what was there? Was was there something else? Did did I miss something? Or that was it? You just wanted to, you didn't know that 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 quote came from that movie. No, I didn't know that quote came from that movie. Yes. All right. Are you going to talk about Jack Reacher and Tom Cruise? Yeah, I'm getting to that. You know how I kind of, <laughs> well, because <laughs> someone's eager to talk about that one. Uh, but uh, but the whole uh, speaking of love, though, I think a lot of people, you know, uh, when you bring up Scientology, they think of David Miscavige and his missing uh, wife. So so there's that. So I, I think. I think that whole thing about, you know, well, I'm not really a, a Tom Cruise fan or I don't really like him. You know, I can, I can get it. However, it's undeniable that people still go to see his movies. Maverick was one of the biggest movies uh, of last year. You know, I mean, people love that Maverick. <laughs> but, um, but. With Tom Cruise, before the whole Jack Reacher thing, though, what I remember is uh, the controversy, controversy that I remember that Anne Rice, like, publicly disagreed with the casting of Tom Cruise. And this was, like, when it was announced that he was cast as a stat. And she was like, you know, just like with her fans, they were kind of up in arms. Now, of course, this was days before social media. Uh, we had like AOL chat rooms. Okay. We had dial up internet in 1994. Right. In fact, Ann Rice uh, originally wanted Tom Hanks to play. Could you imagine Tom Hanks as Lestat? That'd be weird. But I mean, other people on our list were Johnny Depp, Jeremy Irons, and Daniel Day-Lewis. I couldn't see any of those guys playing with maybe Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I think he can do anything. Yes, Daniel Day Lewis, he can play uh, paper bag. <laughs> but I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about how crazy that is. But for real, I thought that Tom Cruise did a great job as Lestat. And I guess it's one of those, you know, uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch kind of thing with Anne Rice, because uh, I know that after the film was released that she kind of changed her tune and apologized. Uh, but you know, again, that was 1994 and you fast forward to 2012 where Tom Cruise is cast to play another popular character from a novel in Jack Reacher. Now, at least when Cruise was cast, he had the approval of the author this time, uh, the author of Jack Reacher actually, um, 
he approved of, of Tom Cruise. And I think it's because, you know, Tom Cruise is a big star and, you know, you want your film to, to, you know, do well, you know, and, and attaching a big star to it is definitely going to help with that, you know, but one of the things that he said about the, the disappointment in the casting of Tom Cruise, because in the book, Jack Reacher is kind of uh, listed as a big guy. Now, I am not, I did not read the book, so I'm not sure exactly how he was described. The internet went crazy in disapproval about Tom Cruise. And I think, you know, that was, that was kind of Shannon's argument when we watched Jack Reacher. Uh, now, um, she is here. Would you like to chime in on your thoughts? Because, uh, again, coming into the perspective, I had not read the book, so I had no clue at all. And you read the book, right? I read a couple of Jack Reacher books, not whatever the stories were in the movies, I don't think. But, um, yeah, when he was cast, I was just like, that's ridiculous. Because you would expect, like, some big wrestler or somebody of that you know height and mm-hmm. and like broadness they go the books really detail how he has such a presence because of his size and then they put tom cruise in <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and and that makes sense i think that's a fair argument i think when we talked about it we had said that someone like batista right yeah, because you don't have to be a great actor to play Jack Reacher. Right. You just have to have the right size. Right. Now, the um you had told me that uh in the book he he is not as talkative and kind of big and hulking, right? I mean, yeah, at the beginning of that movie then Tom Cruise was kind of chatty mm-hmm. with the detectives um with this back and forth and I haven't read the books in forever, but I, d- I remember him being more of a um, an observer than a chatty Kathy. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Kind of a sit back and survey the, the mm-hmm. scene and kind of act from there. Right. Which I guess is it, it's easier to convey that in a novel than it is on, on film. Uh, but uh, again, I hadn't read Jack Reacher and I didn't know anything about Jack Reacher other than uh, when it came out, I would use the joke, uh, Jack, uh, uh, Jack reach around quite a bit, <laughs> which I, I thought was, was funny. But, um, but now knowing that, I mean, how, what were your overall thoughts on the Jack Reacher movie? It was okay, but it, I didn't really consider it like, uh, I didn't really connect it with the book, I guess. It yeah. was kind of like, they weren't saying his name constantly, so it was just like a different character, I guess. Gotcha. It wasn't Jack Reacher. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, other than the fact that they, uh, that, that that's what it was supposed to be. Right. Yeah, okay, I got you. Well, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it uh, because there were parts of it that were cheesy, you know, like the Werner Herzog villain who chews his finger off and he, and he tries to make one of the uh, the bad guys do the same and he just like I just can't and they just wound up shooting him in the head you know but uh it it kind of had that I can't believe you're giving spoilers on an 11 year old no there are going to be some pissed off people uh all four of them that listen to the podcast are going to be so upset 
because uh, they they like me have been waiting years to watch Jack Reacher. Uh, because believe me, coming up, and I'll get to it in a second. We're gonna need to go back and start exploring a lot of stuff that we hadn't seen before. But uh, well, thank you for your insight on that. I know you were very, you know, opinion on it, opinionated on it, and we had multiple discussions. But I see your point in the fact that, like, one thing for me that I was thinking about was. Uh, did you ever see The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren? No. Okay. Well, you know the Punisher comic character, right? Only because, not really, but I kind of do. Right. Well, he has the t like t shirt yeah, or the shirt with the with the skull, right? Mm-hmm. The police have co opted that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that skull and yes, everything. Yeah, you have talked about that. Before. Yeah. So, but in this movie, the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, they made an entire movie. But he didn't have that that iconic like skull logo at all. He just wore an all black outfit. So so it's kind of the same thing, like right? A Marvel character not wearing their signature right costume or whatever. It's yeah, like. it's like if Batman didn't have a bat emblem on, right. or if um, the Flash didn't have a lightning bolt. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. So the, so. To compare it, that's kind of like the Jack Reacher, right? Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, it could have been uh, called John Preacher. Yeah, yeah. See, and there. And I would have probably been fine with it. You would have been fine with it, but 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 the fact like, that Tom Cruise acting in the same role as right. always, but yes, <laughs> I wouldn't have been irritated about the the casting. Gotcha. Well, I mean, and that makes sense, and uh, and, and so Shannon, uh, I'm glad we were able to to talk it out. Over numerous times and and finally resolve it here, because uh, if it's one thing that I've said on the podcast numerous times uh, about adaptions, either it's, you know, if it's a video game adaption or it's books or comic books, uh, there's one rule. And that rule is to stay faithful to the source material. Yes. You know, because you got fans already built in. You know, there was Jack Reacher. I had no idea that people were fans of this book. Kind of like the Hunter Games, right? It's a series of books. I have, I'm have. i not a huge fan. I just happen to read a couple right. of them. But. but there are probably, like, people like Annie Wilkes. There's some Annie Wilkeses out there about Jack Reacher. Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, well, uh, I'm glad we were able to put that to bed, sweetheart. All right. All right. All right speaking of bed, are you heading to bed? No. All right. I will be there shortly. All right. Yeah, I love you. All right, now bring on the naked women. Daisy, where are you at? <laughs> but for real, stay faithful to the source material. When an adaption is being made, it's already got a built-in fan base. So why fuck with it? Uh, are there things that can be changed? Sure, but keep them minor. Jack Reacher is the main character. So people are going to expect him to look like he did. He's described in the book. Just like the Punisher, man. Give him his fucking skull shirt. I wish, you know, there's a lot of people that play around on the internet nowadays. I wish someone would go out and, and would CGI, like, throughout, throughout the whole movie. I know it's painstaking and stuff like that. But if, uh, if you can make uh, a world within a world in Minecraft, and if someone has that ability to, to do something so you know, that's so time consuming and, and painstaking, you know, someone CGI the skull 
on the Punisher throughout the whole movie, I bet it would be 110% better. And then, you know what? Don't get me started, though, on the Captain America with rubber ears mess, man. That, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. You know, if you if you know, you know. I mean, Marvel movies, you know, kids today are spoiled, man. You know, our Marvel movies were, it was, you know, well, one live action Spider-Man in the 70s and early 80s. Come on, man. There was no Green Goblin. It was, ironically enough, you know, the one episode I remember of the live action Spider-Man movie, it was like a, a, a Scientology kind of organization, you know, where you know, a religious thing that we're ripping people off. At least that's what I remember. My memory's shot, so it could be horrible. In fact, my memory's so bad, I thought that I was in Cumberland, Maryland, but I was in Cambridge, Maryland. Also, Cambridge, Maryland is the birthplace of Harriet Tubman. Oh, okay, yes. Cambridge, Maryland, birthplace of Harriet Tubman, as we found that out. Uh, not only was it a vacation of fun and relaxation, it was one of learning as well, uh, which I didn't know that, I mean, it actually is, there's a Harriet Tubman, uh, Tubman, uh, museum and all that fun stuff, uh, there in Maryland. Again, stay close to the, the source material, you know, had it been called, you know, John preacher, people probably would have gone and seen it, what have you. But speaking of money, and uh, a lot of times there's a lot of controversy, controversy when it comes to money. And especially now with Hollywood, with the actors and writers going on strike for the first time since 1960. It's crazy. But before I get into that and my two cents, I'm G. Gordon Rodney. I'm here to give you news from the Washington beep. But before I get into that, you know, it's summertime. It's blockbuster movie time, right? You know, and, and I guess it kind of is. But one of the big controversial things that I've been following around on social media uh, has been Hollywood box office grosses for these movies. Uh, in fact, so far in 2023, we have not had a billion-dollar film. You know, I'm talking about worldwide box office grosses, but we have not had a billion-dollar film. In fact, the highest-grossing picture so far of 2023 is the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the Volume 3. And um, I think that I read that that had a budget of about uh, 250 to $300 million. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, as of this recording, let me be official. Uh, it's about sitting around eight hundred and fifty million, eight hundred fifty-one million worldwide. Um, the Flash with M Michael Keaton as Batman, nineteen eighty-nine Batman. So far, that film has made less than the Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, Indiana Jones, and the Dial of Destiny not performing to the standards of what these big giant movies should be bringing in. You know, is it uh, franchise fatigue? Is it uh, comic book film fatigue? It, it's, it's weird to think about, you know, but you know, maybe too, it's like people are, are going out. They, they know that in a month they can catch it on a streaming service instead of going out and paying a hundred dollars 
for two people to go to the movie theater. You know, if you're going to go see something in super awesome IMAX, whatever, and you're going to drop $25 a ticket or 4DX, you know, maybe spend $30 for a ticket. I mean, that's for the ticket. And then you got food and all that stuff. I know that on the Plastic Fangs podcast in the past talked about the movie going experience. Dollars to donuts, your best value ever is at your local drive-in theater, man. You get you know, an awesome time surrounded by awesome people that want to be there. Uh, you got your first run. Uh, well, most drive-ins are definitely a first run, right? But I mean, cause not everyone's full retro, like our pals at the Mahoney, but you know, they also have great deals on food and stuff like that. I feel like you can go to a drive-in theater and get a great value, you know? I mean, now, unless it rains, I mean, but man, it's like, it's like being at the beach, you know, it's, it's no matter what the weather, it's always a good time at a drive-in because you got your car that you can sit in. You don't have to, you know, worry about the person that sits uh, on the inside in the middle at, at the theater, gets up and walks uh, to the bathroom like a hundred times. You don't have to worry about that. But I mean, seriously, the last movie that made over a billion dollars was Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, but it did have like a, a $460 million budget or more, maybe half a billion dollars was his budget. And I think Jim Cameron took like 10 years to make it or whatever, you know, it was kind of like his uh, Chinese democracy. If uh, you know that story, but, but right now worldwide, it's made about $2.32 billion. You know, so it's, it's kind of, you know, hard to think about because it's not a superhero movie. It's an action movie. I mean, it's original, but it's a sequel, you know, it's like, so maybe there's not franchise fatigue for certain franchises. Uh, but then again, look at Jurassic world dominion, which I saw and I didn't like it at all. I thought it sucked, but that made, it just squeaked over a billion dollars. But so far 2023 has yet to give us a billion dollar movie. And I really hate talking shit about The Flash because it stars Michael Shannon, who returns as Zod. Man, not just any Zod. He's, and this is spoilers, man, he's a Zod that killed baby Superman. That's fucking insane. That's probably, that was my favorite part of the whole Flash was Michael Shannon being like, I killed that kid. That baby was flying through space. I caught him and I squished him. He's dead. Uh, that again, horrible impression, but when it comes to making money though, what people don't talk about is the old mainstay of horror horror yet again, always seems to be the sure thing when it comes to profits. I mean, granted those profits aren't billions of dollars in one fell swoop, but look at evil dead, evil dead rise, $19 million budget. It's made over 150 million. Megan, $12 million budget. 181 million worldwide. You know, so these are huge. Now, Cocaine Bear, a little bit higher of a budget, $35 million, brought in $90 million. I mean, but still a hit, still a moneymaker. It's not making a billion dollars for sure. But I mean, horror makes money. There's a reason why New Line is called The House That Freddy Built. 
It's because horror is the moneymaker. And that's why there's a Plastic Fangs podcast. But regardless of talking about, I, I don't want to get it conflated of, uh, you know, it's it's such a sad story that Guardians of the Galaxy only made $800 million. Again, it was still profitable. And just because we haven't had a billion dollar movie doesn't mean that movie studios aren't making money. In fact, that's why we're having our first ever uh, writers and actors strikes going on since 1960. For the first time since 1960. Pardon me. Uh, and it's for, for good reason. Because I, uh, I did a little research here. And according to US, and, <laughs> U.S. News and World Report, actors made a median salary of $46,960 in 2021. The top 25% made $60,000, while the lowest 25% made $30,040. Now, of course, people, they, they talk about the elite, and it's the elite that are the ones out there that are making $20, $20 million a picture, a uh, million dollars an episode on a series. Uh, but also, too, a lot of these people, a lot of those top actors, they have their hands in other things, you know, so... You know, Seth Rogen has his own line of weed stuff. You know, there, you know, there's celebrities that have alcohol. Look at uh, Ryan Reynolds. You know, uh, Mint Mobile just sold to T-Mobile, right? You know, it's you know, so the money he made from acting, he put in other stuff. But when you're thinking about one of the actors in in Disney, you know, the 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 guy that plays Gaston. You know, he's an actor. What's he getting paid? I don't think he's making $60,000 a year. I don't know. I did not research that. Uh, and Shannon's gone to bed. So thanks a lot, Shannon. It's all your fault. How about people that work at a dinner uh, dinner theater, right? You know, you go up and you act and stuff, and then you serve the people their food. I know for a fact that they are making $60,000 a year. Uh, because I had a friend that did that for a little bit and uh, I always paid for dinner when we went out. So, I mean, because man, I would be pissed if I found out that they were making 60,000 a year and be like, what? Why was I always paying for dinner? Thanks a lot. <laughs> but those are the, are the figureheads, right? You know, um, for every, uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or, uh, you know, these, these big stars. And I don't know why I still say Arnold Schwarzenegger as he's not the biggest star in the world anymore. He's a big star. He's got a lot of money and stuff like that. But my mind always goes back to the owners of planet Hollywood, you know, Bruce Willis, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why? I still think they're the biggest in the world. I don't know. But, um, but as far as, you know, them going, you know, they're striking, you know, it's because there are so many actors that, that don't make a lot of money and, you know, they're out, they're out striking for them. And I guess if you're famous and you can go out and you can bring awareness to it, that makes sense. But the controversy of everything is now is kind of like there are people that are saying, you know, oh, well, you know, Jimmy Fallon's fine. Right. You know, I mean, you know, his guess what? His crew isn't. 
the riders maybe aren't. You know, think of some of the people that you go to a comic convention or, or, or a horror convention. You know, how about those people? You think Daniel Harris is making $20 million a picture? No, she deserves it. Sure. Because there are so many of us that love her. But she's not. Uh, Felissa Rose. We all love Felissa Rose and everything like that. You know, but is she out there, you know, making $20 million a picture? No. She deserves it. I mean, she's a mangled dick expert after all. But, you know, but there are people that, you know, they just, they don't really feel sorry, you know, for those types of people. And, and it's tough. And I think it's great. I think some people are maybe jealous of the fact that they're in an industry where they, you know, are able to unionize. Um, thinking about you know, my good buddy, Daryl, and I'm actually, I can hear Daisy uh, barking her head off right now. She has a lot to say about this. She wants to be paid. She's tired of waiting tables, <laughs> but, but thinking about uh, Daryl Johnson, uh, good, good buddy, Daryl Johnson. He, he deserves it, man. I know he's a writer and you know, uh, he can, you know, he knows about directing, you know, uh, acting, I mean, he can do it all. He's an amazing talent. Now, he should definitely be making $20, 30000000 million. His residuals should be, you know, checks of $10,000 each every time, um, you know, they play a superhero movie, right? You know, I mean, every time Drunk History comes on, Daryl Johnson is on there, man. Send that, send that dude like $5,000, even if it's just play, played once. Send him that money. You know, because he deserves it. They work hard, man. And and artists work around the clock. I mean, and that's any kind of art form. You know, it's because the brain's always going. I'm always thinking of, of things. Now, do I think I should be paid $20 million per episode of the Plastic Things podcast? Of course. <laughs> of course I do. I want to sell out. Why not? No, I'm obviously... Uh, joking i mean more like 10 million an episode but uh, you know the people that that work in in graphic design like you know and then definitely giving you know a little nod and a wink wink you know to jason newcomb right i mean you know artists are always you know thinking uh, uh you know it's i mean it's it's in their blood whether you know it's a writer that just gets inspired by a story and so they stop everything they're doing you know and they have a voice recorder or they have you know this piece of paper or what have you and uh and you know put it out there you know the, the world needs art and more specifically now in the world the world needs artists to be paid what they're owed I mean, you know, you start thinking about, you know, now likeness rights, you know, where if you, you sign up to do a movie and let's say you're paid, you know, scale, uh, let's say you're paid, you know, 80 grand, you know, 30 grand, whatever for a, a picture and they're going to scan in your likeness. And because you were in that one movie, if they make sequels, they'll just, you know, if they need you in the background, Hey, your likeness is here. You don't own your likeness. We can use it. That reminds me of the black mirror episode that, uh, from the new season, 
you know, where uh, Michael Cera is being is actually playing, you know, some some flunky because of the likeness rights, and you know, it was just such a funny concept. But it, it's fucking true. It's happening right now. I mean, you know, I've talked about AI and stuff like that, but look at Disney. The opening of Secret Invasion was created by AI. Come on. I mean, I, I guess if it's a tool that you could use or what have you, but I mean, man, people were upset uh, online about that. Controversy. That's right. Controversy. You know, so uh, that whole thing is getting muddy. But uh, but speaking of, uh, of, of movies, though, uh, because the thing is that with the strike going on, um, projects, you know, that were completed will still be able to be released. Uh, so, you know, go out and see it because hopefully it'll be resolved before we get to a point where eh, we don't really have anything, you know, I know on TV, I think uh, that they're going to take uh, Yellowstone and actually show that on TV. And I think the Miss um, Marvel show on Disney plus, they're going to put that on network TV, you know, so already TV at least is kind of getting, you know, these things. Cause you know, a TV is such a quick turnaround, you know, movies can take, you know, a year or two to, to, to make or whatever. Um, you know, if you're Jim Cameron, it could take 10 or 12 or whatever, you know, just sit back, count my money, take my time. going to make my magnum opus after making my magnum opus after making my magnum opus. <laughs> That's Jim Cameron. He's, he's opusing all over the time. You got to top yourself. You know, eventually you can only go so high, Jim, you know, why don't you bring it back down to earth and direct Spider-Man like you were going to, going to do for back in the day for Canon. Except, you know, obviously canon doesn't exist and Sony has the rights. But, man, yeah, James Cameron, make a Spider-Man movie. Talk about superhero burnout. That might take care of that. Now, speaking of, of movies and making profits and independent film, I'm going to wrap up the whole controversy, controversy. theme of this episode uh, by talking about something that is a little controversial. And when I say the name of the film, you're probably going to know about the controversy, but uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, starring Jim Caviezel, who you know as Jesus from The Passion of the Christ. Uh, now, again, I think I've talked about it before, but I get him, Barry Pepper, mixed up sometimes. Uh, but um, I'm pretty sure that Jim Caviezel was also in the, the Thin Red Line. Uh, he's kind of, you know, he's done a lot of stuff. It's also got Mira Sorvino. So, yeah. Now, I'm going to preface, you know, this with saying I, I haven't seen Sound of Freedom. So I'm not going to comment on uh, the movie itself because I don't know how, you know, how good it is or, or what have you. Um, I will say that it's it's kind of weird because i started seeing some things on on social media as you do you know regardless of who you follow where you look or what have you you always kind of see something and uh saw where people were actually um like uh, tweeting out 
or sharing on Facebook or sharing another experience about how movie theaters were trying to, uh, let's see, I saw one post where someone said that uh, they caught an employee trying to put something in their drink, <laughs> like a small vial, you know, like in their drink. Because they were going to see Sound of Freedom, and that and that vial contained a liquid with nanobots in it, <laughs> so, so that was kind of crazy. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, people saying, you know, they're trying to stop us from seeing this movie because the air conditioner broke. Now we've had record heat across the country for the last couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, today was a scorcher at ninety six degrees. You know, uh, and that was a band, right? 96 or not. Was it 98 degrees? I don't know. One of those boy bands was in degrees and it was probably 96 degrees. I don't know. I, well, I'm not into boy bands. I mean, you know, unless those boys are the misfits, I do like me some misfits. They were the ultimate boy band, right? The misfits. Yeah. But there were people saying, you know, uh, that, that movie theaters were, were, were trying to stop people from seeing this movie and all of that. And, you know, of course, you know, for the movie's sake, you almost kind of lean into that. Right. You know, in fact, one of the taglines uh, that I've seen out uh, and, and about with it, uh, with, with sound of freedom is it's, you know, the, the most important movie you'll ever see. And, and my thought about that is, is that if this movie is the most important movie that you'll ever see, uh, then why not show it for free? <laughs> and, and I know that's kind of snarky, right? You know, that's kind of snarky. Um, try to put politics aside. Now the subject of child, uh, uh, you know, trafficking is not, you know, something I, I don't think anyone agrees with it. Uh, now, of course, there are some of those, you know, people out there that says, you know, Hollywood is full of, you know, child traffickers or what have you, but it's a real thing. Right. And in all honesty, I don't believe that Hollywood is some kind of shadow cabal, you know, or, or even, you know, left leaning politicians, are involved in, in taking up all the kids and, and putting them through. Are there cartels? Are there other organizations, organized crime, you know, things like that, that do that? I mean, yeah, you know, and it's bad. It needs to be combated. Right. You know, so I don't think anyone disagrees with that, but putting out a movie saying that, you know, that, that this movie, you know, goes against the grain what have you is a great marketing ploy, right? I mean, you, cause you know, you want to see this movie, you know, and there's a lot of people that are like, you know, who saw those social media posts and are like, you know, Oh, well now I have to go to the movies and to be honest with you, as much as the movie business and by movie business, I mean like Regal AMC, you know, the big chain theaters are suffering because of people not coming to the theater, I don't think they want to stop people from coming to the theater. You know, green is green, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. It's one of those things where, you know, and, and I'm kind of, you know, on the line or whatever, but I definitely think that there are some fucking nutcases out there when it comes to this movie. Uh, but I, 
obviously it's worked, right? The social media bus. It was released on July the 4th. You know, appropriate. American holiday. Let's release this movie. Budget of about $14.5 million. Uh, box office, as of this episode, uh, a, a little above $90 million. You know, so so Angel uh, Films or Angel Studios, the the company, you know, that uh, distributed this movie and, and everything like that, they've got a healthy profit that they can go out and, and make another movie. You know, but I mean, it's but the, but that whole marketing, you know, the most important movie you ever see. I don't know. I, I don't. I feel like maybe it's it's a bit disingenuous, right? Because I mean. A lot of people are aware of child, you know, trafficking. Um, and, and, you know, maybe from this movie, people will have more awareness to it. And, and, and then ask the people that have the true power to do something about it, have them, you know, do something. Hold, hold them accountable for not doing anything about it. Uh, but, you know, just like... You know, The Exorcist, or or even not even that far ago, Terrifier 2, talking about people vomiting and passing out and stuff like that. That sells tickets. That's gold, you know, because, you know, that's the thing that movies have always sold is that it's an experience. You're not just you're not just going to the theater. Right. You know, you're experiencing it. You're experiencing the movie. And maybe that's the problem with movies nowadays. You know, doesn't AI get what humans want to experience. I don't know, maybe, you know, but I saw like a, just recently tonight, saw a a South park, like part of South park episode created by AI. And it was absolute dog shit. Now, artificial intelligence means that obviously it's learning or what have you, but you know, are, are people feeling, you know, what they felt when they went and saw the first Avengers movie? Are they feeling it now when they go see, you know, Guardians or the Ant-Man or, you know, are people feeling the way they felt when they saw Michael Keaton the first time in the suit as opposed to what's probably going to be the last time forever? Who knows? I mean, you know, unfortunately, the Batgirl movie, that was, uh, uh, you know, put to bed, which is unfortunate because Brendan Fraser was in it as Firefly. Looked amazing. But, you know, going to the theaters, it's about, you know, feeling emotion. Entertainment is about emotion. We need entertainment. We need to to laugh, to cry, to learn and be educated. I mean, and that's the importance of of art and film. But but it's kind of hard, you know, as a rational human being that tries to always look at everything from, you know, different lenses and stuff like that, that anyone is truly trying to keep people away from seeing the sound of freedom. That's just my take, whether it's controversial or not. Controversy. Yes, controversy, Prince. Controversy. And for that, uh, I'm going to wrap up episode 81. Controversy. Episode 81 of the Plastic Things podcast. I want you to go out onto the interwebs and i want you to tweet about how the man is stopping you from listening to the plastic fangs podcast (laughs) you know tell them that people are putting nanobites in uh, nanobots into your drink 
and all you want to do is listen to the Plastic Fangs podcast. Go out and tell them, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what you can do where the man can't stop you is from going on to social media. In fact, the Plastic Fangs podcast is on threads. That's right. It's like Twitter, but it's in, in, made by Insta, from in, Instagram. It's like an offshoot of Instagram, but it's all under the umbrella of Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram and whatever else they have bought or whatever. But I actually, I kind of dig threads and I kind of wish more people were there. You know, it's, um, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, like t- Twitter seems just kind of different. You know, I don't know. It's algorithms are all messed up and, you know, there's blue check mark or no, you know, but I mean, but threads seems, I mean, it's pretty cool and, and it seems like a good vibe on threads. So go on the threads, create an account, follow us on threads. You know what? And you can bite back. I don't think they're big on hashtags. I didn't see anything, you know, so I don't know what trending and following and stuff. If, if it is a Twitter ripoff, you know, it, it, it's kind of weird, but you know, go to threads and follow us, you know, send a message, reply to a thing. Cause I try to post on there, you know, however, if you do go on Twitter or you go onto Instagram, use the hashtag get bit, you know, and bite back at us. Use that one too. You know, come on after us, listen to our great friends with the hashtag horror pod fam and go out and check everybody out. Like Aaron, you know, check out, Carl and Daryl, their podcast, man, good stuff. And then, and they switch it up too. I really dig those guys. I'd like to go to a diner with them. I think I said that last time. I'd like to go to the diner, but go out on our socials. Uh, Hey, we're even on TikTok. We haven't posted anything in a while, but I'm trying to, you know, get back into that. So you can go there. Facebook. Hey, we're there too. And spread the word. Tell everyone about the Plastic Fangs podcast. Every now and again, you know, I'm not so controversial (laughs) like I have been in this episode. But I'll tell you what, that shadow organization, that shadow government trying to keep you away from your quality entertainment to put nanobites in your water and everything, you know what? They can go get bit. The enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. You have to do yourself a favor when you're out in the countryside and you see chicken. Try to look a chicken in the eye with great intensity. And the intensity of stupidity that is looking back at you is just amazing. By the way, uh, it's very easy to hypnotize a chicken. Uh, They're very prone to hypnosis. And in one or two films, I've actually shown that.